the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. A couple minutes after 4. Forecast calling for a mix of clouds and sun. High of uh, 83, the balance of the afternoon. Then clearing out tonight, low 62. Tomorrow, another nice day. Some sun and clouds. High again, 83. On Sunday, on the cloudy side, perhaps a little more than the sunny side. Might get a shower at the tail end of the day or in the evening. And a high of 79. I personally would keep an eyeball on that because our daughter, Tori, who is disabled, she actually plays in a softball league on Sunday afternoons from 4 to 5. And uh, then our daughter, Tessa, is in a playoff game, a rare weekend game. It's usually during the week at 6. So we have a full afternoon. And uh, let's keep an eyeball on the sky and see what, you know, God willing, whatever happens. This coming Sunday is our daughter, uh, uh, Tori's final game of the year. And they have a little medal ceremony afterwards. They're looking forward to hopefully getting to participate in that. Then, then Lord, you can let the rains come as heavy as you want after that. Of course, whatever God does is good. We can trust he's good. His character is perfect. So whatever happens is good. Uh, as far as that line of things, uh, sports-wise, we have the Phillies doing the baseball thing tonight at home against Cincinnati at 7.05, opening up a series against the Reds. Zach Eflin on the mound. Eagles, well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, on the other two major sports, we have St. Louis beating Boston last night 2-1. They had three games to two now in the Stanley Cup Finals. St. Louis Blues, a game away from their first ever championship if they can get to that i think they play sunday for game six nba finals toronto and golden state playing tonight nine o'clock toronto up two games to one there we actually have a tie-in with a guest coming up in a little bit a gentleman named brian ivy he's director of the upcoming documentary emmanuel which documents the uh, the church shootings in charleston south carolina a few years back and uh, there's going to be a nationwide release for that on Monday the 17th and Wednesday the 19th, right after Father's Day. One of the executive producers of that documentary, none other than Steph Curry, of the Golden State Warriors. So we'll be chatting with the director of that film uh, coming up in uh, about 10, 15, 20 minutes or so for a little while. Part of our program, we have our fun pun segment to cap things off at the end of the program. We have some giveaways to work in, too. But before any of that, mentioning, of course, the Eagles... Uh, started to talk about that, signing quarterback Carson Wentz to a four-year, $128 million contract extension. And as such, we wanted to start off with one of our most frequent guests because we like him a lot, and he knows a few things, Rob Motti, Associated Press. Hey, man. Hey, what's up, Sammy? I kind of like you guys a little bit, too. Well, that's good. Feeling is mutual. <laughs> well, and today, wanted to definitely tap into your brain to think, uh, you know, get your comments on the Carson Wentz contract extension, four years, $128 million, could go up or down, depending, but basically that's around what it is. And uh, just what are, what are your initial thoughts? Did you, had you heard this might be happening, and now that it has, what do you think? 
Yeah, I expected that this was going to happen before the season. I knew that they were talking. I knew that they were far along in the conversation. I think it's a great deal for both sides. The Eagles are showing that they have confidence and faith in Carson Wentz, that the injuries are behind him, that they want to commit and invest in him long-term, and they really did not have to do it now. They could have waited until the end of the year. However, they want they wanted to do it because – in, in the way they look at it is if Carson has a big season, if he does as well as they're hoping, lead them to a Super Bowl, his price tag is going to go up. So to lock him in at $32 million as an annual uh, average salary, and the guarantees are, are a record-breaking guarantee of $107 million or thereabouts with a signing bonus around $66 million, it, it, it's a great deal for both sides. It's a lot of money. It's a huge investment. However, I think Carson Wentz is a guy who, who can uh, pay off those dividends for the Eagles, and, and he's someone who's committed to winning. I don't know that there's someone who's more passionate about winning, a more fierce competitor, and we know all about what he does in the community and who he is as a person. So I, I, I think this is going to be an excellent deal for both sides. Chatting with Rob Motti, he's the head writer for the Associated Press for the Eagles as well as the Phillies. In fact, we're catching him as he's heading down to the ballpark and uh, for the Phils-Reds game tonight. Uh, yeah, and just to, on that point, the, 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 I think people may forget a little bit about really what Carson accomplished both during the Super Bowl season – you know, he was 11-2 and two before he got injured. And had already he broke the season, you know, single-season record for touchdown passes for an Eagles quarterback in only 13 games. You know, he didn't even get to play the whole year, and he still broke the record. And very prolific as a touchdown passer, as we know. We've had a lot of years where you get to the red zone and you come up with a field goal as opposed to a touchdown. It's a huge difference. Yeah, no doubt, Timmy. Uh, it's, it's all about getting in this NFL passing game uh, is king. Teams are passing far more than they're, than they're running the ball. It's all about getting points, and, and he helps you maximize your scoring opportunities. And he, he is also a somewhat of a dual threat. I don't know as much now as he was pre-tearing his ACL. Although I, I imagine coming back now a year removed from that injury, year and a half removed from it, he'll be a little bit more uh, willing to take off with the ball. But rather than get tackled or dive head first like he did, when he sustained the injury, get the first down and go out of bounds. So he, he still can come at teams in, in a couple different ways. And, and what he's going to do for the Eagles this year, uh, I, I think coming back off one year removed from that injury, I, I know last year he, he didn't go as well as he would have liked. There was some inconsistency. He was still coming back from the knee. He sustained the back maybe as a, a compensation for it. Yet he still set a franchise record for his uh, completion percentage last year, 69.6 completion percentage. Right. His passer rating his passer rating last year was better than it was in 2017, albeit slightly higher, but it was 102.2, a little bit better than the year where he finished third in MVP voting. So a lot of people like to criticize his season last year, and I know he was only 5-6 and six as a starter, but they got to factor in what he was coming back from, how difficult it was for him to play through what he was suffering from, and yet still managed to put up better numbers in two areas, like passer rating and completion percentage. Right, and the very near the top five, top two or three or five in those categories among you know all NFL quarterbacks. So it's uh, and of course in the end you want to see all that translate to wins. But he's proven he can do that, and 
I, I'm guessing this new contract you just signed or the extension will, as you say, be a bargain for, in a way for both sides, partly because it, it validates the relationship or strengthens it officially. And in a way for the Eagles, too, if, if he has some more trouble with his injuries, it's not a seven-year deal or a nine-year deal. Uh, a four-year deal is still a lot of money. And then there's still time for Carson to sign another one, you know, based upon the, the next four years or five years. So Yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a four-year extension. So it starts after this year and the next. So it takes him through the 2024 season, which at, at that point, he'll still only be 31. So, yeah, he could set himself up for at least one more payday, potentially two more, because we see quarterbacks playing into their late 30s, Drew Brees and Tom Brady even into his early 40s. So depending on how he takes care of himself, and I had a conversation with him last week about what he's done differently this offseason, just changing some of his eating, his sleeping patterns. He's already, at this young age, taken seriously what guys like Tom Brady are doing at age 41, so he can be able to put himself in a position where he could play long-term and continue to be healthy and play for as long as possible. That's great. And one other question for you, you alluded to it earlier about the work he does, not just on the field, but off the field. He has the Carson Wentz Audience of One Foundation. He's uh, had, the, I guess, the, the main event for him for that has been a charity softball game. I'm guessing you had to have been at that softball game knowing your penchant for playing ball. Did you manage to get, get in the lineup for one of those for that game recently? No, because it's offense versus defense. And I keep petitioning Carson, like, yo, if you need somebody, <laughs> if you need a ringer who could step in there. Because, Timmy, we see some of these football players, they could throw passes, they can make tackles, they can catch passes, they can do all that. They can't hit a softball. Some of them are not good out on that field. And, uh, although I'll give it to, like, Richard Rogers, who won the home run derby, he was not hitting them just over the makeshift fence. He was hitting them into the seats at Citizens Bank Park. Wow. Okay, so was it all basically all players then who were participating? Yeah, it was offense versus defense. And all the right. best all-around athlete on the field now two years in a row is kicker Jake Elliott. Really? Yes. He finished both years. He finished runner-up in the home run derby, and both years he out-homered the winner in the previous round. And then in the next round, he just he, he lost it. He didn't have, this year, he hit 13 to advance, and then it could only hit like five or six in the uh, final. See, Jake Elliott there carrying on the the, uh, the legacy of David Akers, who is known for his athleticism. And, yes. You know? <laughs> yeah, and Jake, Jake played shortstop in the game, smooth fielder. So if, if I, I told him there's a lot of softball teams out there who, who are going to be looking to sign him in the offseason. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, uh, folks know I mean, Carson's very outspoken about his faith in a good way, and he also puts it into practice with his foundation and the, that, that, King, that Kingdom Come food truck. Folks are, may have seen some stuff on social media about that, too. And even after he signed the contract extension, he was very clear. He filmed a little message in front of the Novacare complex, I think it was, sharing about who you know, thanking the Lord first, his wife, and then Mr. Lurie and the rest of the team and the organization, Harry Roseman and all that. So he has his priorities in order, and it's great to see that he'll be here for, Lord willing, you know, at least another five years, leading the, the Eagles hopefully to at least another title or two, which would be pretty cool. Absolutely, Timmy. And I love the mission statement of the a one Foundation to demonstrate God's love for his people uh, in tangible ways. And, and that kingdom crumb, their food truck, they just, walk, they just go around giving out free food. It's not just like homeless people. It's all people, whoever it is. They give, they give them free food, but the number one priority is they share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and they've had 
hundreds of people come to Christ just from going to the food truck. And now this summer, they're adding an ice cream truck, too, so they can just go out, give out ice cream, and share the gospel. So that's a really cool thing. They're building a field in Haiti where uh, they're going to allow kids in Haiti to have a, a turf field to play soccer on, to play ball on, yet they also make sure that they feed them spiritually as well. So, And they also have a, a camp called Camp Conquerors in North Dakota, which is for, for kids who have gone through serious illnesses, are currently have overcome maybe a loss in their family. And uh, I got to see a boy named Landon who threw out the first pitch at the game last week who's battling a, an aggressive form of a brain tumor. So our, our thoughts and our prayers are with him as he battles that. But just to give him that opportunity was incredible. Absolutely. Great stuff. Great stuff, Rob. I hope to see you at the ballpark tonight. And we'll see if the Phils can uh, – they came back from, I guess, a decent road trip there and finished above 500. So they're they're in decent shape, and uh, we'll see how that, that rolls along here. They didn't get Kimbrell. Did the, the Dallas Keuchel sign with the Braves officially yet? I didn't see if that had happened or not. Yeah, he did. And, I, and I'm fine with both of those. Uh, I, I've, I've talked a lot about that on uh, my sports show. And yeah. I, I was completely fine with that. So I, I, think, I think they'll be okay if they can just stay – healthy timmy and, and, and we'll see you tonight <laughs> yeah sounds good all right rob Monty, appreciate it also you can catch him on his radio program faith on the field show you can uh, google that and, and look them up as well for that and uh, he writes for the associated press the head writer for the eagles and for the phillies we'll be back with more on the tim demar show in just a moment am 560 wfil wfil.com you're listening to a podcast of the tim demar show heard weekday afternoons four till five on am 560 wfil and at WFIL.com. Ah, the dulcet tones of Kevin Mana, our afternoon host on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. The non-dulcet tones of yours truly, Tim DeMoss, and the Tim DeMoss Show, continuing along in our fine broadcast today. We had a nice little chat there with Rob Motti of the Associated Press. Glad to have had him on. We're also looking forward to having Dr. Tony Hart join us for a few moments. We had him on for a a good chunk of a show recently, and just want to play a little clip for you about that a little later on in conjunction with tomorrow, uh, the, the big uh, 5K run, walk, or crawl. They put the crawl in there for me. Uh, that's tomorrow from 10 to 2, Mondock Park. I mentioned this before, but just so you know, if you go and you happen to bring nine other friends from your church or group, GOGF Ministries wants to bless you back by giving half of whatever you raise right back to you for your ministry. It's a great way to partner together and a, a really neat opportunity. So we're going to chat with him just for a few minutes or play a little clip for you to get more insight into the ministry and what that's all about. Again, it's tomorrow, Saturday, the 8th of June, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. over at Mondock Park in Fort Washington. But before we go that direction, and we have some giveaways to do, too, I want to mention I mentioned it earlier. We want to bring in the director of the upcoming documentary, Emmanuel. It's going to be in theaters the 17th and 19th of this month, just two days only. And uh, the director... Uh, is with us now, Brian Ivy, and uh, we're glad you're here. Thanks, man. How are you? Hey, Tim. How you doing? I'm well. Thanks for taking time to call in. Oh, no problem, man. Thanks yeah. for having me. For sure. Brian's the uh, director. Uh, he's done a lot of directing, screenwriting, co-founder of Arbella Studios, and uh, p- folks may remember you from the Dropbox work that you did and other other work too. But today, wanted to focus on the on the newest movie, Emmanuel, uh, telling the story of the 2015 church shooting at Emanuel AME in South uh, Carolina, in Charleston there. If you could, for a second, just start by sharing your personal path from the time you heard about the shooting to becoming involved to the degree that you have been. Sure. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I had just gotten married 
back in June of 2015. So I was on my honeymoon, and it was the first morning, and I remember I was out on the balcony with my Bible, and I walked back into the room, and my wife was just weeping. And she was watching some video on her computer, and I was kind of like, are you okay? What's going on? She said, nine people just got shot in their Bible study. And it just, I did not know what to do with the information. And she proceeded to tell me, Charleston, South Carolina, there was a white kid, went into a black church, um, executed these nine people, and um, left one alive to tell the story. And then she she looked at me again, and she said, no, you don't understand. Um, they're forgiving him. And she, she turned the computer around and showed me this video, this courtroom video, where the families, one by one, were forgiving the murderer in court, and one of them even inviting him to Christ. And I remember looking at my wife and just saying, man, whoever tells that story one day, I hope they don't skip that part. Hmm. And I, I had no idea it would be me. Chatting with Brian Ivey, uh, who uh, technically I know you're a screenwriter. Did you did you write the screenplay for this, or how did how would you know what officially did you wind up doing with uh, Emmanuel? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the director of the film, but also you know as a director on an independent film, you end up doing a lot of different things. Right. And uh, for any doc any documentary, people will be surprised to know there is really, uh, if not a script, certainly. Uh, something you've, you've, a structure you come up with in advance to figure out how do you want to tell the story. And what I di- I knew is that not in a neat, perfect, you know, tie it up in a bow way, but I, I did want the forgiveness and this act of grace to be at the center of the film and to be the, the redemptive purpose of it. Yeah. And so that was really how I conducted the interviews and how we approached the story. My understanding is that you also waited, right? Because obviously these are human beings who are processing yes. something horrific. So rather than just rush up and say, you know what, let's tell this story. It's like the story has just hit me. So what was yeah, it, a year? Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I, wait, I waited a year. I waited a year because quite honestly, you know, on a lot of levels, I didn't feel like it was appropriate to make a movie. And I think that was something that um, I had to really pray about. And I stayed away from the story. I tried to stay as far away as I could. But what ended up happening was around the one-year memorial, I just, I just couldn't, it couldn't escape it. Uh, and I think God wouldn't let it off my heart, and so I ended up going out there to the services, and that's where I started to meet families, but also connect with who is my producing partner now, who's an African-American guy from New York City, and he and I together gathered the families to share our heart. And the first thing we told them is, if you don't want this to be done, we'll walk away. Hmm. But if you do... Um, what we want to do is we want to tell the world where God was in all of this. And I think that's why they said yes, because n- no media had really approached it from that perspective. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I bet. Brian Ivey is our guest. He's the director of the movie Emmanuel, the documentary, which is actually going to be in theaters two nights only, the 17th and the 19th of June. That's a Monday and Wednesday right after Father's Day. EmmanuelTheMovie.com for info. You can type in your zip code and find out where it's showing near you. I did that. There are three theaters right, right around where I live. So that's great to know that the distribution's going well in that regard. Um, tell us, though, because it's just a sensitive thing. How much of this was, since it's not a, certainly not something you have other templates for, the unfolding process of keeping the respect of everybody and being able to just double-check, like, what question is okay to ask? What, what should I leave alone? I think what was good is, you know, my, my heart and my... Um, every time I go to do an interview, I will always go meet with the person first without any machinery, no equipment, nothing. Preferably break bread with them, spend time with them, get to know them, no matter what they're going to say. Mm. Because what I want to do is, is I want to... And, and as you see in the film, there's a lot of really uncut, raw interviews because I try not to impose 
my perspective on everybody. I want them to be honest about where they're at in their journey. And that's why in the film you have a lot of different perspectives. But I also, um, Demos, my producing partner, who's an African-American, um, he conducted the interviews with the families. And that was because Demos is also a reverend. And so to me, that was my way of saying he'll care for them better. He can ask the questions that I shouldn't be asking and have a conversation at a deeper level. But also it, he really walks the families through their pain as a pastor. And so that's, that's sort of how we handled that process. Was there a main challenge that you found creating the documentary or, or how, any major challenges or two you had? Oh, yeah. Tons. <laughs> so many. My gosh, man. I mean, making any independent film is so hard. And the only reason you do it is because you have no other choice, usually. <laughs> but I think the, the main challenge, honestly, was not really just making the film, which because the families were so gracious, we were able to. We represent every family that was affected in the film. Um, every family, which is so so amazing because they've never come together all together for one thing before. But the main challenge, quite honestly, was getting distribution um, and getting a company to agree to release a film that, you know, was primarily about a message of forgiveness in the face of tragedy, because I think that can be misunderstood, but also because it's a counterintuitive virtue. <laughs> yes. It's certainly not um, what we all think to do in these situations, but it's what these families exemplified. And it's a kind of love that I'm inspired by. Chatting with Brian Ivey, the director of the upcoming documentary, Emmanuel. We'll continue our conversation with him in just a moment. AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Also mentioned we have some giveaways to do this hour, so I want to sneak one of those in right now. I'd like to win a gift card to one of our lovely outlets, Duncan Wawa or Rita's. Give me a quick call at 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-WFIL, 9345, and we'll make a winner randomly during our break here. Give me a holler, and we'll continue our conversation with Brian Ivey in just a moment, WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560, WFIL, and WFIL.com. Coming up on 429, the Tim DeMoss Show. As a side note, we were blessed to have Dr. Farley on the afternoon show a week or two ago. Feel free to go to WFIL.com, click the podcast tab, and drop down to the Tim DeMoss Show uh, link, and you can find that and uh, take a listen. He had a lot of good stuff to say. I was impressed by that book. I still have to read the whole thing. I don't read all of it, but I really liked what I did read. Uh, as far as the forecast goes, I like that too. It's been a pleasant day. And uh, more of that to come. Low of 62 with clear skies tonight. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow. High 83. Sunday looks to be a bit cloudy. Might get a shower late in the day or in the evening. Then a high of 79. Phillies are home tonight against Cincinnati. Beautiful night for a ball game. 7.05 start. Zach Eflin on the mound for the Phils. You have the Eagles signing quarterback Carson Wentz to a four-year $128 million contract extension. St. Louis over Boston last night in hockey. Goes up three games to two now. Those Blues do. And they're hoping to... Secure their first ever championship Sunday when they play game six. If they don't, they have one more shot after that. And in hoops, it's Toronto and Golden State playing tonight. Toronto making a series out of this. It's two games to one. They're ahead. Golden State has won three of the last four titles. And uh, they've been in the finals now five years in a row. Quite an accomplishment. I think I don't, I don't think a team has done that since the 60s when the Boston Celtics were in the finals just about every year. That tip-off is 9 o'clock tonight. Speaking of Golden State, before the break, we were chatting with and continue our conversation now with Brian Ivey, director of the upcoming documentary, Emmanuel, documenting the 
South Carolina, uh, the Charleston, South Carolina shootings from a few years back. And you were talking about some of the challenges about this movie. It's going to be in theaters the 17th and 19th of this month, right after Father's Day, just two nights only. And how distribution is such a big challenge until you had a couple executive producers come alongside, including Steph Curry of the uh, Golden State Warriors who played tonight. That must be a nice little boost for you, along with the Academy Award winner, Viola Davis. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, as soon as you get anybody like that on your team, they go, you know what, we always love this movie. You know, <laughs> this is great. Um, right. But, no, in this case, thankfully, um, uh, we were connected with Fathom Events, who were were excited about the project way, way even before they got involved, um, these producers. And Fathom was good to me with the Dropbox. They, they've just created a model where little filmmakers like me who don't have a lot of, of money to scrape together, we can still get our film out theatrically, meaning that in this case, people will get to see each other face-to-face, which I think is really important for this film. But with the promotion of Steph and Viola, um, just ensuring the world doesn't forget about this story, uh, I couldn't really ask for better partners. Brian Ivey, the director of the documentary Emmanuel, which would be in movie theaters across the country, two nights only, Monday the 17th of June, also Wednesday, June 19, right after Father's Day there. Did you set out to do documentaries, uh, you know, from the young film days, if you will, or had you started off in a different direction and found yourself on the, the you know, the documentary doorstep? I, if the question was, did I always want to make documentaries, the answer is a resounding no. Okay. I think I, I would love to meet a kid who, who grew up wanting to make documentaries. Yeah. It would be probably much more interesting than me. But I actually always wanted to be an entertainer. And then I got to school and realized I wasn't very entertaining. <laughs> but what I could do is uh, I could communicate with people. And I think that's why I love the documentary form is because I can communicate truth. And I think when it comes to especially spiritual things or Christianity or the things that I hold close to my heart, uh, it's hard to communicate that in, in a movie. But in a documentary, people kind of expect to learn and to be challenged and to have a conversation. And I think that's why the film feels so authentic and and organic and, and accessible to people, no matter where they're at in their journey, um, because it's just, it's a documentary. These are the real people telling their own story. Yeah. It's funny you say that my son's a film major. He's a senior. He started out wanting to do feature films, and he went to the Middle East and did a documentary right. on Syrian refugees. He's like, Dad, this was like, wow. I think I have something else I want to do now, because <laughs> it was so, yep. so powerful, so meaningful. What do you hope that oh, viewers... Yeah. yeah. And just to, as I know you got plenty going on today, but what do you hope those who see the documentary come away with in terms of sparking conversation, uh, thoughts about forgiveness and hope. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think what I hope people walk away with is that um, there is, there's a journey, you know, (laughs) for these families that this is, this is not the kind of Christian movie where everything gets tied up perfectly and neatly at the end. It's not a movie where everything is resolved because we still live in that tension of, well, there's still, they still died, and that, that's tragic. But what I hope people walk away with is that, um, that God is real and that He is near to the brokenhearted. He participates in our suffering, uh, primarily in the work of His Son. And I think this story is a perfect example of that and, and a kind of love that I, you rarely see in the world, a, a love that bears the full weight of a wrong and still wishes good upon the wrongdoer. And that's a love I've experienced in my own life, um, in my faith, and, I, and a love I think we all need. So I hope people walk away with that. 
and and I hope it blesses them. And uh, before I let you, that leads me to kind of a, 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 a just a back end question. Speaking of that love, the tremendous love that they offered to the shooter, Dylan Roof. How did you wind up, you know, bringing his perspective to things, whether it's his background or what he was thinking or whatever the case may be? Sure. Well, it's a great question, actually, because uh, normally people avoid asking that one because it's uh, understandably a difficult one. But I think for us, we went into this saying, we're not going to make this making a murderer. This will not be a Netflix special. Um, this is not going to be an investigation into his his psyche. It's not Ted Bundy. Yeah. We really wanted this to be about the families, and right. we wanted it to be about their stories. And along the way, you still, but you do see Dylan's story through the, their lenses, which I think is a, a different way of seeing him. And it's kind of the way they saw him in court, which mm-hmm. was he's done something evil, and yet there's still hope for redemption even for him. And so that's that's how he's represented in the film. Very good. Uh, Brian Ivey, been our guest. He's the director of the forthcoming uh, documentary, Emmanuel, in theaters Monday, the 17th of June. Also Wednesday, the 19th of June, EmmanuelTheMovie.com, the detail on that uh, for info. And you can type in your zip code to find out where it's showing. Emmanuel 1M1N. And Arbella Studios, if they want to look up more of the work you've done overall. Is that right, Brian? Yes, ArbellaStudios.com. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you. Keep up the good work. Thank you, brother. Appreciate All right. it. Yeah, bye-bye. Brian Ivey, director of the upcoming documentary, Emmanuel. We're going to take a short break, come back, and uh, we want to give you just a little more insight into tomorrow's Grand Old Gospel Fellowship Ministries 5K Run, Walk, or Crawl over at Mondock Park. Had Dr. Tony Hart in with us a few weeks, I think it was two weeks ago, maybe. Just give you a little clip of that so you can know more of the heart of what that ministry is about, what the funds are for. Give you a little more interesting info about that walk. And uh, we also have our pun segment to cap off our program with. Joe has the sound effects cued and ready. I have most of the puns ready. I'm still working on a couple. If you want to send in a pun, you might, you know, you're certainly welcome to do that. Email me, Timmy D, T I M M Y D, at WFIL.com or text it in 610 500 Dove. We'll certainly acknowledge you on the air. 610 500 Dove, if you want to send in a quick pun that we can use during our pun segment about 15 minutes from now. Back with more in just a moment on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 439, the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. One of the most important people in my life is on the line with me, my beautiful wife. Hello, dear wifey. Hi there. Hi. I know you love being on the air with me, so I'll keep this short. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I just I want to check in. I wanted to thank you for my lunch. I'm eating a very late lunch, actually, kind of during the commercial breaks because I, I didn't get much chance earlier. And I'm enjoying a little piece of culture here. I think it is. The Musili. How do you spell that? M-U. How do you spell it? Well, see, I am. It's not my culture. So I'm hoping that the Swiss people out there don't get offended by the way I say it. Okay. So, Birger Musli. That's how I, my family says it, but I don't know if it's right. Okay. I think it's Birger, like mountain. Like mountain what? Oh, your phone's dropping out a little bit. Well, I just want to tell you it's delicious. 
Uh, and there's grapes. There's oranges. There's was it papaya? Okay. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let yeah. me tell you. Okay. Definitely not papaya. And it's with. I'm talking to Dad on the radio. I need to <laughs> hold on. Don't touch me now. <laughs> um, first, you soak the oats, um, and you put lemon juice, and then you uh, let them get soft, and then you put honey. No, you put yogurt and honey and um, whatever. Oh, you have to grate a green apple in it okay. very finely, and then you put whatever fruit you want in it, and there you go. In that order, and so yes, it's a it's a wonderful concoction. And uh, you put grapes in here, and what's the orange stuff? Is that it's just oranges and it's peaches? Mandarins and peaches. That's all I had, and bananas. It's wonderful. I love it. So I'm just thinking of you. Yeah. I wanted to call and tell you hello, and I love you, and thank you for taking care of me in that healthy way. I love you too. I love you. Greetings to the kids. Hugs for them. Joe says hi. Hey, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe shaved. What, is, what was that all about? Oh, wow. Yeah, he looks clean. He looks. How are you doing, Joe? Well, oh uh, yeah, he, uh, he's he's kind of like Harpo Marx right now. He can't say anything. He can just use sound effects for his speech. That was Harpo, right, okay. Joe? Yeah. <laughs> Tell the girls the sound effects are coming. The pun segments on the way. All right. Yeah, said no baby cries. <laughs> yeah, you just made Joe say he's going to use the baby cry. Actually, <laughs> right. I love you, darling. All right, we'll Talk be to listening. you later. Okay, bye. Bye for now, my lovely wife Christina, who is uh, yeah, been a big blessing to me, and just we're sneaking in lunch, a late lunch, while we have our guests on the program today, and our next little guest here, uh, not little, but our next guest. Uh, Dr. Tony Hart, who joined us a couple weeks ago. I just want to give you a little clip of, that's what I meant, his uh, interview. Because tomorrow is a big day over at Mondock Park in Fort Washington. It's the Grand Ole Gospel Fellowship Ministries 5K Walk, Run, or Crawl. And it's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Our own Ann Krill will be there with a WFI table. I think she may have a prize or two to hand out. And we also have uh, food from different uh, sponsors. They're going to be providing that for free. So it's a great opportunity to bless uh, not just, you know, have a good time, get out, because the weather looks fantastic for tomorrow, but also to be a blessing locally and around the world. And so I just want to give you, if you're planning on going to that, wanted to give you some insight into how the funds that you help raise will go and, and where they're going to go. So this is a little conversation with Dr. Tony Hart, a piece of that from a couple of weeks back. The ministry of GOGF, as I said, there falls under, all that we do falls under one of those three categories, planting churches, preparing leaders, and proclaiming the gospel. And um, so we talked about the fellowship of churches that that we seek to continue to grow um, and see churches planted. But then under the preparing leaders piece, we do three mission trips a year to developing countries to train pastors that don't have the same opportunities that we have here. Hmm. And uh, in fact, in a few weeks, in the middle of June, we'll be going to Uganda and doing a uh, partnership with Lancaster Bible College. They have an institute there in Kampala, the capital of Uganda. And um, looking forward to training about 200 pastors there in Kampala for a, a week or so. And, uh, and so, you know, I really take that seriously. I remember back in the mid nineties when I went on my first 
mission trip um, to train uh, a training conference. Um, I was asked by a different ministry altogether to come and help teach. Hmm. And, uh, and I just remember um, at a break one day, I was under a tree outside trying to get some fresh air. And uh, one of the, the pastors came to me and said, um, just want to thank you for coming all the way over here to teach us. And, um, and he said that this reminds me of the story of Joseph and how, you know, he was sold into slavery, but then he was risen to a position of, of power and position. And, and so he was able to help the family. And, uh, you know, all the way back on the airplane, I couldn't shake that image that it's true that, that, yeah, maybe we came to this country under bad conditions and being, you know, drugged through slavery. But the Lord has blessed us here and the Lord has has equipped us here. And so the opportunity to go back and help some of our brothers and sisters um, that don't have those same opportunities, I think that that's more than just a responsibility. It's an obligation that we have to do that. So we yeah. focus on training pastors and church leaders in India, in Africa, and throughout the Caribbean. That's sort of where we focus. Um, it was a brother that I went to school with, uh, went to seminary with, and he trains pastors in Asia and the Philippines and Vietnam and those areas. And wow. we talk quite a bit because we're doing very similar kinds of ministry, but in two different parts of the world. And uh, But it's a very needed ministry to, to equip the church, the national church in these countries so that they can effectively do what uh you know missionaries no longer can do yeah. many many countries sixty percent of the world now missionaries can't even go in as a missionary anymore wow and uh so it's a it's a needed ministry to equip those leaders Dr. Tony Hart's our guest Grand Old Gospel hour uh, program Sunday nights at seven thirty on w f i l also pastor of Monco Bible Fellowship in Lansdale, planning churches, preparing leaders, proclaiming the gospel to the whole world here's uh, do you find that these leaders are are very they're really hungry or what's the reception? Oh, it just... is absolutely amazing hmm. how how far they will walk, how long they will stay, how eager they are. I remember one time I was all the way down the south of Guyana in a little rural area called Lethem that we had to fly in on a little plane and land on a grass strip to get to. And wow. um and these guys had walked and came for miles and miles to, to this conference. And at the end of the day, I mean, I'm sweating and ready to hit the sack <laughs> and uh, after teaching all day. And their thing was, well, after we eat, can we come back and learn some more? You know, they're ready. They were just hungry to learn and to to take in. It's like a uh, uh, a sponge that just wants to continue to, to grow and to learn. So yeah, there's a, there is a hunger there that you don't find here. I mean, you know, it's like pulling teeth just to get people to show up. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, right. and I, I'm asking this because uh, I, I want to encourage our audience to, and myself in general, step outside of what you're used to doing, for example. So maybe there are people who they're never going to be able to go overseas or from what they can tell, but simply by participating in the 5K, uh, that would, if you're just joining us, there's a 5K run, walk, or crawl Saturday the 8th of June at Mondock Common Park over in uh, Fort Washington, mm-hmm. put on by uh, Grand Old Gospel Fellowship Ministries. 
gogfministries.org to get uh, signed up for that. Mm-hmm. That if you just want to have fun getting out there with the family or a friend and participate, you're actively helping Dr. Right. Hart go right. and train, and train pastors, pastors in another country. Well, who would have? How could you put that possibly yeah. together? But this is how it's yeah. set up and how God's orchestrating. That's it. right. And and in addition to to the training of the pastors under that preparing leaders umbrella is uh, we we have orphanages that we take and support and um, take care of orphan children in both India and Jamaica. And um, we've been doing that now, especially in Jamaica, for a long time, um, since the 70s. And um, and in India, more recently, in the early, just after the new millennium came in, we opened up the first orphanage there. But... Um, but we've been doing that long enough now to see fruit on the other end. I was like thrilled to death that when I was in Jamaica and they introduced me to a pastor who's pastoring um, a church. And he was a little baby that was found on the side of the road, abandoned and taken in and raised in this Christian environment. And, and now he's serving the Lord, pastoring a church. So, you know, when you see the fruit on the other end of that, um, it just thrills your heart to see what the Lord can do with a life that, that society would have just cast away and, and forgotten about. That's Dr. Tony Hart. Just a piece of our conversation. He was on the program a couple of weeks back. You can get the full podcast at WFIL.com. Again, in conjunction with tomorrow's Grand Old Gospel Fellowship Ministries 5K Run, Walk, or Crawl at Mondock Park in Fort Washington from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And you may have heard us talk about this, but it bears repeating even at this late date. If you happen to have a group of folks who like to do this, especially because it's going to be a gorgeous day tomorrow, uh, there's still time to take advantage of this neat opportunity. If your church or group brings 10 or more participants to the 5K, I think it's a $25, you know, you raise 25 or more dollars. So if you get 10 folks to do 25, GOGF actually wants to bless you back and give you half what your group raises. So it's kind of like having your own fundraiser without having to organize one. You can get more info and register online at gogfministries.org. We have our pun segment to cap things off for the day and the week. Now that, honey, we also have a giveaway to do. Duncan Wawa or Rita's, a gift card, you choose. 800-560-WFIL. Give a quick call and make a random winner. 800-560-9345 right now. And we'll take a random winner to win. Again, a gift card to Duncan Wawa or Rita's, your choice. Back in just a moment with more of the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 454, the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Coming down the home stretch of the week. And uh, we're ready, I think. Cracking my knuckles, stretching a little bit. Time now for now that punny. Joe, are you ready? Ready as you'll ever be. The other day, I went to uh, borrow some deodorant from my friend because I'd forgotten mine at the gym. He said, "Sure, no sweat." <laughs> <laughs> you like that, don't you? How many apples, Joe, grow on a tree? All of them. Joe, 
Joe, why don't skeletons ever go trick-or-treating? Because they have no body to go with. Whenever the cashier at the grocery store asked me if he, if I would like uh, my milk in the bag, I'm like, no, just leave it in the carton. <laughs> Joe, you're either tired today or the, or the pun so far just kind of in the middle there. I need to step up my game. Maybe I'll bring in some classics from the past. For example, did you hear about the kidnapping at school? That's all right. He woke up. Yeah, <laughs> Omar. More of a rise out of you there. I don't know if I told you this, Joe, but I don't play soccer because I enjoy it. I just do it for kicks. <laughs> what is that? Is that? That sounds like the. Um, at that way back machine from one of those co- old cartoons. Uh, or no, you know what it was? It was the one from the Christmas, it was a Christmas special where it just, it, it's making you really, it's like a noise machine. I forget what it was. Do you remember what I'm talking about? You know all those classic movies, Charlotte. Except for right now, you don't. What's brown and sticky? Joe, brown and sticky. A stick. <laughs> I saw the wheels turning in your head. You're like, brown and sticky. Much simpler answer than you're anticipating. What do you call a man with a rubber toe? Roberto. (laughs) (laughs) Bleeding sheep. That was a pretty good one, I thought. Unbelievable. I'm getting I'm getting some difficult difficulty from you. I don't know if I ever told you this, Joe, but the rotation of the earth really makes my day. There we go. Finally. Speaking of a couple of classics, I heard a joke about a boomerang once. I can't remember. I'm sure it'll come around eventually, though. Thank you. Did I ever tell you about the time I tried to catch some fog? I missed. Thank you very much. Earlier this morning, I didn't want to tell you, but I was unfortunately assaulted by a man with milk, cream, and butter. How dare he? I think the crickets might be my favorite one. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. I've been reading a book lately about anti-gravity, and I'm telling you, I cannot put it down. (laughs) Dog in the alley, huh? Thanks a lot, Joe. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's time. Show's over. I didn't realize Bye. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.